GT Church family. Man, I am so glad to be with you today on this uh, Sunday morning in May. I'm excited uh, to bring a message that God has put in my heart uh, to share in the middle of this series that we've called Kill the Spider. And um, this is a unique uh, day. This is a unique setting. I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second, but I want to welcome you um, if you are joining us uh, for the first 30 minutes of church life for you, man, welcome. Some of you have been in church for 30 minutes, and some of you have been in church for 30 years. Um, regardless of how long you have been doing church in your life, um, I believe that God has something for you today. I believe that you are, are here by appointment. Uh, you, are, you are sitting where you are in this exact season of life though unusual as it is in this exact moment of time. Um, and even in that location where you are, I believe that it is specifically designed by God um, to be used by Him in your life, to produce something positive, to bring about change, uh, to accelerate your life forward in a specific way. Um, and, and I want to share with you one of my core convictions as we uh, begin today. Um, I believe, this is something that really just drives me on a regular basis, I believe deeply that truth transforms. That when, when people get a hold of truth, God's truth, when, when we get a hold of the truth of God's word, it produces, it naturally produces transformation in our lives. I just think that's the, the, the natural byproduct, or should I say the supernatural byproduct of truth getting planted in here is transformation. Truth transforms. And I, I, I believe so strongly that that's going to happen today in your life. And I want to I wanna begin this message with a word of prayer, just inviting the Holy Spirit to have His way, not just in my heart, but in your heart, not just as I, be, I believe I deliver this, this word that is meant for you, but also that you would make way for the Holy Spirit to have His way in your heart. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we invite your Holy Spirit to come. I invite him to shape my words. I invite him to direct my thinking and to anoint my preaching today. And I also invite, on behalf of every listener here today, invite the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives, to produce the change that you want and to bring us into the life that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, um, we've been exploring this series called Kill the Spider here at GT, and I think it's been an amazing uh, teaching series thus far. Two weeks ago, we had Carlos Whitaker with us. He's the author of the book, Kill the Spider. Um, if you haven't already picked this book up, man, I would recommend it. I'm halfway through it. It is incredible. It's been a really good book. He tells a story. Um, it's humorous. It's well-written. And um, it's very insightful, and it helps us to evaluate ourselves in, in new ways. Um, so we had him two weeks ago last week on Mother's Day. Uh, Pastor Christine Kreischer brought us a powerful word and helped us to identify the spider. There's kind of a process in this series that we've been walking through 
Uh, again, Carlos op opened the series just with the, kind of the big picture of what it means to kill a spider. Uh, last week, identify the spider. Today, we're talking about cornering the spider, about kind of zooming in on that thing and, and identifying what it's doing in our lives and how God wants to bring change. And then next week, of course, we'll wrap the series with Pastor Brian on how to actually kill the spider. So you don't want to miss next week as well. So I'm standing here in a basement. And um, I, I just think that this is the appropriate setting for the message today. You'll see why as we walk through this teaching. But, um, you know, we in our lives, in our homes, we tend to give a lot of attention to curb appeal. Uh, you know, my wife and I own a home. Uh, we, we like the outside to look presentable. We like it to be nice. We, we pay a lot of attention to the outside of our home. Uh, the lawns, the sidewalks, the front door, just the, the curb appeal of our home. And, and likewise, I think that we tend to give our attention to the, the entryway, you know, the foyer, the kitchen, the places people spend time with us. Now, of course, we're in, in quarantine right now, so the only people spending time with you are your immediate family. But in a general, in general normal life, um, we, we pay attention to those areas in our home that are seen, you know, the, the, the foyer, the living room, the kitchen, those are the regions that we, we pay attention to. And we, we give, in general, we give much less attention to the basement in our house. In fact, the basement is oftentimes the place where we store junk. In fact, um, if, if you're joining us on GT Live Facebook, if you have a way of typing in the chat, just type in the word junk. Because a lot of us store junk in our basements. Uh, we, have, we have junk laying around there that the, the things or items that we've kept for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, our basement is just like that. Uh, this is not our basement, but um, our basement, we've got stuff that we probably should have discarded years ago. But we, for whatever reason, we hold on to it. Maybe we'll need it again. Maybe it might be useful. Maybe our grandkids will need it. I'm a long way off from grandkids. And, but yet we hold on to stuff. We keep stuff in our basements. And, and basements aren't insignificant. In fact, if, as you'll see in this basement, basements oftentimes are the, the foundation of the home, right? It, the, the home is built on the basement. Um, but likewise, basements house important systems for the house. They, they, you can't see all of it in this basement, but you see that behind me, the HVAC system, um, you probably see the, the part of the water heater. There's an electrical panel behind me. All of your major systems, your electrical, plumbing, HVAC, all of those things are housed in the basement. And the, and, and the rest of the home and the important systems that service the home are housed in the basement. Now, let me make the connection here. I, I, imagined, I imagine that our souls have a basement. Again, this is a metaphor, but imagine that your soul has a basement. And it's where you store stuff. And sometimes not on purpose. In fact, the, there are things that are, are in, in the basement of your soul that you don't want there. It's that, it's that dark place. It's that, that murky, that musty place. It's, it's, it's the undesirable part of who you are. And it gets, it gets stashed away in the basement. You hide it there and, and things lurk there. Secrets lurk there. There, but, but the basement of your soul also is, is like the central nervous system of who you are. Just like 
in, in a home where it, it has the systems that service the home, so could be the basement of your soul, that it houses some of the important systems of your life. And friend, I believe that, that as we talk about this series called Kill the Spider, I think that in the same way that in a basement like this, spiders would, would find their breeding ground, right? Like this is a place where spiders would, would love to set up shop. I think, again, in the metaphor of your soul having a basement, that is where spiders go to live, in the basement of your soul. And they, they breathe there, and they, they lurk there, they, they hide there, they, they, they live, they exist almost unknown in our lives, yet they spin cobwebs that we can see. You know, and that's the thing about this series. We're talking about how the, a spider, as Carlos talks about, is, is a lie that we've made an agreement with. And the cobwebs, the things that we see on the surface, are the, the undesirable behaviors that happen in our lives, the things that we repeat over and over and over again. And we tend to pay attention to the, the, the cobwebs and never take time to eradicate the spiders in our lives. Because, they, again, they, they hide in the basement. They lurk in the depth of our soul, and we don't take enough time to dig deep to discover that. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I tend to, I don't, I'm not afraid of spiders. Um, that's not true for everybody in my home. I won't name names, Kate and Erilyn. Um, but, you know, I'm not afraid of spiders. I tend to be the spider killer, though my wife isn't afraid to kill them. She loves to uh, make sure they don't have a place in our home. But um, I brought a friend today. I don't know if you can see this, but um, in the spirit of this series, I have a friend spider in this jar. Um, maybe you guys, maybe you can zoom in on that. I don't know. But um, in, the, in this jar, I caught a spider in my house. There he is right here, um, right above my finger. I caught a spider about four days ago, and I wanted to just kind of keep him on my desk at home as a reminder of kind of where we're heading with this series and what we're talking about. And I just noticed this morning, he actually, I didn't even think that this would happen, but he actually spun a web in this jar. And the thing about spiders is wherever they go, they're likely to spin a web. Even if they're hiding in the basement of your soul, they may be spinning webs, cobwebs that will distract you from their existence and cause you to put your focus on the behaviors. So, um, and, and the thing about spiders too is that they're, they're, um, they're proportionately small to you. You know, uh, the average household spider, now I've been in different places where you see massive spiders. My wife, Kate and I were in Uganda years ago in Africa where you see spiders that are literally this big and they're on the wall in your bedroom. Like, now I'm not making this up. Spiders that big that move like lightning were sleeping next to us. It was kind of unnerving. Uh, fortunately, we slept inside of a bug net. And, but, but the household spiders, things that you're seeing in your house, in your home, in your basement, are like this. That, I mean, that thing could easily fit on a dime. Um, these spiders weigh typically five milligrams. Now, in comparison to your body weight, again, even if, even if you only weighed 100 pounds, right? Um, in comparison to your body weight, you are nine million times bigger than the average household spider. Even if you take a tarantula, which is one of the biggest spiders on earth, you are still 500,000 times larger in mass, if you're 100 pounds only, than a tarantula. Nine million times bigger than a household spider. Why is it that something so small 
can hold such dread in our lives? Why is it that spiders can have such an effect on us and produce a reaction in us that is undesirable or even create behaviors in us? You know, when, when you walk through a spider web, when the, the amazing means by which you'll go to, to eradicate the spider web off of your body is unbelievable. Like, why is it that something so small can have such a profound effect on our lives? I want to talk about that with you today. Um, you know, and I want to take it a step further. Again, Carlos kind of set the stage for this idea of killing the spider, told some amazing stories. Pastor Christine last week, um, how to identify the spider, the armor of God. Um, but today I want to go a step further and look at some of the words that the Apostle Paul gave us in Ephesians chapter 4. If you have a Bible, whatever device you'll use to access God's Word today, go ahead and open it to Ephesians 4. I want to jump into some of the words that the Apostle Paul wrote to believers in a city called Ephesus um, almost 2,000 years ago. And, and I want us to lock our eyes on a kind of freedom that that most people never experience. Because I think there's a difference, okay? So I think that Jesus came to give us true and lasting freedom in our lives, in, in every dimension of our being. Not just, listen, not just in the foyer of our lives, not just on the curb appeal, not just the kitchen, the living room. Jesus died so that you and I could have freedom in the, the, the deepest, darkest recesses of our soul. He didn't die on a cross, a wicked death, shedding his blood so that we could have temporary freedom. And so there's a difference. I think the, the goal of this series is that you and I would experience permanent freedom in our lives. And yet too many people, too many believers, churchgoers, people in general, are satisfied, are, they're, they're content with, or settling for, recycled freedom. Let me kind of explain what I mean by that. When I say recycled freedom, I mean you're experiencing a level of freedom in your life, but it's the same kind of freedom you had last week. And then the week happens and you have lots of things that happen that you regret, bad decisions, sinful choices, um, behaviors that you wish weren't there. And then you go back and repeat the same week of freedom you had last week. And I've met guys, some people who struggle with addiction, they're living the same year of life over and over and over and over again. And surely that is not what Jesus died on a cross to provide for us. He died so that we would have lasting, permanent, deep, transformative freedom in our lives, not a recycled freedom that we just keep living the same superficial surface level freedom in our lives on a regular basis. He wants us to experience true and lasting freedom. So this is what Paul said to the believers in Ephesus in verse 17 of chapter 4. He said, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, he, he's talking about that there, there's a way of thinking in this life that is devoid of truth, the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, listen to this, and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. That Paul is, is bringing to our attention that there is a, a way of life that is the result of a hardened or calloused heart. And it's a, it's a futile way of life. It's, and it starts here. He says the futility of their thinking that leads to a callous in their heart. 
And I want to mention in your notes, if you're taking notes today, uh, the first thing that I, I observe in this text is that spiders create separation in our lives. They create separation. Obviously, a spider, a, a spider in our life that is a lie. Uh, again, spiders are the lies that we believe. They they separate us from God, and they separate us from the life that God has for us. There's a there's a difference there, right? <clears throat> and every one of us. I believe, have experienced those feelings of separation from God. And I'm, and I'm not just talking to people maybe who haven't made a decision to make Jesus Lord yet. I'm talking to every one of us. Many of you who are listening are already believers. You're Christians. You're Christ followers. And every one of us knows what it feels like to feel separated from God, to feel not fully separated, but to feel distant from our Father in heaven, to feel like there's, there's something in the way of our fellowship with him because we, we start to, to fall backwards into futility of thinking. We start to go backwards in the way we think, in our perspectives, and our mindsets, and we're not living the life that God has for us because we're believing and acting on lies that we believe. I think it's perfectly classic that um, we sometimes capture spiders and hide them in pickle jars in our basement, right? And, um, and that's where we, we hide stuff. But God, again, the truth of God's word, not in the callous thinking of our hearts, but God wants us to be free and to live in total freedom. And this is a really big deal. This is a big deal. God doesn't want us to be ruled by a five milligram spider or lie in our life. He wants us to have freedom. Paul goes on to say this in verse 19. He said, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. And I would ask you right now, again, this is, this is one of those series where we're inviting all of us to kind of probe deeply into our lives, to, to not just look on the surface, to get beyond the foyer, the living room, to, to go out down into that basement of your soul, to walk down the, the creepy stairs, to, to dig in a little bit and to kind of unearth some things that might have lived there for a while. And I would ask you, where are you right now? Are you, are you stuck, friend, in some kind of sensuality, as Paul says? Is there, are there, are, have you been giving way to or giving into the impulses of your carnal nature? Have you been making sinful choices? Have you been, have you been entertaining carnal thoughts in your life? Here's the thing, and it's a warning to you. If satisfying carnal desires is a focus in your life, I believe that it will become the focus of your life. Let me say that again. If satisfying carnal, sinful desires has become a focus in your life, I believe that it will, it will eventually become the focus in your life. And it will, like spiders do, it will eventually separate you from God and from the life that God has for you. Paul goes on to write this in verse 20. He said, but that, however, listen to this, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned. Again, many of you listening today have been in church. You've been following Jesus. You've, you've read the Bible. You've, you've taken steps to grow in your faith. And Paul says to us today, again, the word of God, the truth of God transcends time. This was written 1900 some years ago, but it transcends time. And Paul says, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned. This is not who you are. 
You're better than this. You are better than giving into the carnal desires of your sinful nature. Paul says that is not the way of life you have learned. When you heard about Christ and when you were taught in him, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Notice Paul said, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. The, you and I need to know that, like I said from the very beginning of this message today, truth is what transforms our lives. And he, Paul says, the truth that is in Jesus is what brings us freedom in our lives. It, it's not, you are not meant to go back into the futility of your thinking. You are designed to live according to the truth of God's word. He goes on to say this in verse 22. Again, now he's talking to believers. He said, you were taught with regard to the formal way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Now, let me just kind of talk a bit more about spiders. There so some of you probably, like me, you like spiders. I've been fascinated by their webs. I, I'm known to take pictures of spider webs. I, I was in um, Honduras in September, and there were some amazing spider webs I snapped shots of on my phone. Uh, there's a spider that lives behind our shed. Now, isn't that like the perfect start of a story? There's a spider behind our shed. Well, there is. We have a fence behind our shed. It's about two, four feet behind our shed, and there's this spider there that every summer, he, 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 she, it, whatever it is, like, it, it, it weaves a spiral cone-shaped web. I mean, it, it's fascinating. Again, there's probably, some of you probably know what kind of spider that is. Oh, yeah, that's this thing. Well, I don't know what it is. I've never looked it up. But every year, in the same exact spot, this spider weaves this cone-shaped, it's like a funnel. And it's got a big opening. Then it, it funnels into like a, a half inch and goes on the other side of the fence. And Anytime I disrupt that web, the spider goes into hiding. I can see it. It's a big one. It's probably the size of a quarter. And he, he kind of lingers on the outside. But if I bump the fence, if I, you know, grab a stick and mess with the web, because, I again, I'm kind of uh, weird that way, that spider will immediately, he will immediately retreat into the bottom of the web where I can't see him. And here's the thing. Uh, Paul says, again, let me read this again. You were taught with regard to the formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Here's what I believe. Spiders retreat when we begin to put off the old self. When you and I start to dig into the basement of our lives, the spider that is there that you're looking for, when you start to disrupt it, it will probably go into hiding. You know, I've been trying to get this thing to come out, but he often wants to, to hide in the lid. I have to tap it to get him to move. You know, the same is true of the spiders that lurk in the basement of our soul. When you disrupt that thing, when you start to mess around in there, when you start to dig around that spider, don't be surprised if it goes into hiding, if it starts to retreat as you begin to put off the old man. Um, I think that the spiders in our lives oftentimes act the same way as spiders in real life. They, and, and again, the, the, the cobweb sometimes captures our attention. You know, and that's not where we need to fix our gaze. We need to be focused on the actual lie that we're believing that's producing the unwanted behavior. Again, the whole metaphor is that the spider is a lie that we've made an agreement with, and the cobweb is just the presenting symptom. It's the unwanted behavior in our life that, again, tends to garner most of our attention, and we swat the, the things away, we clean the cobwebs, and we don't pay enough attention to the spider that, that retreats, that hides, that goes into hiding and, and hides in the depths of our soul. 
And Paul is saying that we need to put off the old self. We need to, to pay attention to the fact that we have another nature inside of us, the sinful nature, the flesh, and it has its own mind, its own carnal desires, and we need to pay attention to the things that lie beneath the surface in our lives and pay attention to what God wants to do there. And here's the thing. I think that too many people, I've been in ministry 16 years at GT, and um, I have observed in meeting with hundreds of people over the years, too many people, this is where they stop. They stop here. They, they stop short of moving forward, of digging deep enough into their lives, of going down into the basement, again, walking down the creepy staircase, of digging into their souls and unearthing those things that live there. They stop short. And they continue to live the same superficial surface level freedom over and over and over again. And they never decide to permanently forever put off the old self and to be made new in the attitude of their minds, which is what we're going to read right now. And let me circle back and read that verse because it's just so good. Again, if you've got a Bible, a paper Bible, man, get a pen out, underline this section. It is so good. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, to set it aside, to, to disregard the old man, the old woman, to put aside those carnal desires, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Listen, and to be made new in the attitudes of your mind. This is so good. This is so powerful. Paul said that the next step, after you've put off the old self, is to be made new in the attitude, the disposition of your mind. There, there's a whole network of, of cells and neurons and things that, that produce thoughts in your life. Paul says there's also a disposition of your mind. And you're to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And this is the second thing if you're taking notes. Here's what I believe. Spiders begin to suffocate when we start thinking true thoughts. Again, you, listen, you cannot miss next Sunday. You, you must dial in and hear the final closing message because it's where we'll talk in very practical terms about how do I kill that stinking spider in the basement of my soul. And Pastor Brian's going to share a very practical approach to, to finding truths that counteract the lies that we believe. Because this is the thing. Spiders begin to suffocate when we begin thinking not just new thoughts, but true thoughts. You and I need to, again, truth transforms. We need to take the truth of God's word and apply it to the spiders in our lives. We need to suffocate that thing. You know, I, I, I did some research, as we always do when we, we, we share messages like this. I've done some research on spiders. And this, I mean, it's amazing what you can learn on the web. Um, pun not intended. Come on, that was really good. If, you, if you're on chat right now, type web. That was a really good unintended pun. If you're on the web, anyway... Sorry, um, I'm entertaining myself. But um, listen, I learned this about spiders. Spiders breathe passively. They, they do breathe. They have a respiratory system, but they breathe passively through some kind of tra distal trachea, whatever it's called. But um, this spider in here, we, we think that maybe, well, I've trapped the spider, right? I've trapped it, and I've got this thing where I want it. I've cornered the spider, right? I've cornered this thing. He's a goner, right? This thing will die. Here's the thing. In this tiny little jar, this spiders, again, spiders can have lifespans of 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 years. I thought like house flies, you know, house flies live a couple of days and then they're gone. Spiders 
Again, this metaphor is so rich to me, the, the imagery. Spiders can live for years. And this little spider right here, this household spider, five milligrams. I, there he is right there at the bottom. I don't know if you'll see him crawling around, but um, I've caught this thing about four days ago. And here's the thing. He is not even close to running out of air. This spider here in this, this classic Vlasic pickle jar, I've sealed the lid really tight. He has approximately 98 days of air in this jar. 98 days of air in this tiny little jar. And here's what I want you to see in this. When we think about the spiders in our lives, we think about the lies that we believe. Here's the thing. Spiders suffocate slowly. This spider, if I left it in here, I don't know if, I'll, if it's catch and release. I'm not sure what I'll do with it, but I, I might keep him in my house. He's spinning a web right now. I might keep him there just to, to torment my wife and my daughter. Um, but, but spiders suffocate very slowly. And I believe the same is true of the lies that we believe. If, you, if we take this metaphor into the same way, the lies that you believe, the, the spiders in your life have been spinning cobwebs for years, and you might think you have it cornered, and you might think you've got that thing locked in a jar. Well, listen, that spider's not going to die quickly. This is the thing. Again, when we take truth and realize that truth is the, 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 the way that we overcome and eventually remove the spider, you need a spider in order to, for a spider to suffocate. It needs extended and prolonged suffocation. Here's the thing. It needs consistent and extended suffocation in order to, for that spider to die. Now, if we would take this and, and align it with our lives, the lies that you believe, when you identify what it is, when you realize, you know what, I've been, the behaviors in my life, the unwanted behaviors, the things that I do, the, the words that I speak, the way that I hurt people in relationships, the selfish nature that I have, what, whatever it is for you, when you identify what that is, it, again, I'm just, I, I think there's, there's truth here. It is not going to die overnight. If we take this spider metaphor to this point, that lie that you believe will require consistent and extended suffocation for you to have it die in your life. You need consistent and extended effort, focus, applying God's truth. Again, truth transforms. Consistent and, and extended application of God's truth into the lies that you've believed will eventually lead you to a pathway of freedom. I believe that the only way for the lies to be killed is by, for you to suffocate those things. And here's the thing, again, the, the metaphor I think uh, carries on. If I were to remove this lid just for a second, for, uh, I might be 90 days into suffocating this little spider here. If I took the lid off for just one second, one moment in this spider's life, if I remove the lid and put it back on, I have now supplied that spider with another 98 days of air. I've, I've interrupted its suffocation. Friend, I don't know if, if this is connecting with you or not, but I wonder if you are, have been making progress with the lies that you believe, the behaviors, the cobwebs that you want to remove from your life. 
and you've identified that lie and the, the, the core lies, they're hiding in your basement, you've found them and you've been suffocating them. You've been at it for a couple of weeks now since we started the series and you're like, why aren't the cobwebs disappearing? Well, because it takes extended and prolonged suffocation. And the moment that you go back into that behavior, the moment that you make that sinful choice again, it's almost as if you've pulled the lid off of that spider and put it back on and you've, in some sense, you've reset the clock for that lie. And friend, we have got to be diligent. We've got to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to give us the, the strength, the self-control to live in extended and prolonged suffocation of the lies we believe. Here it is again. He said, you were taught with regard to the formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self. Paul says there are three steps here in, in Ephesians 4. We put off the old self, we're made new in the attitude of our minds, and then we put on or to be clothed with the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. GT Church family, everyone listening, man, you are created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is, this is the will of God for your life. Not to live subject to the carnal nature in you. Not to live subject to the old self. Paul said, put off the old self. Shed that old life. Get rid of that. Crucify the flesh. Deny yourself. Suffocate those spiders. Get rid of them. Be made new in the attitude of your minds. Again, next week, you got to be here to learn how to be made new in the attitude of your mind by the truth of God's word. And to put on the new self, which is made to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And the last thing I want to say here is this. The last point is this. So let me recap. Spiders retreat. They go into hiding when we put off the, new, the old self. Spiders begin to suffocate when we start thinking true thoughts. And the last one is this. Spiders are vanquished when we put on the new self. And you, immediately some of you are like, vanquished? Like, who says vanquished? Like, who even uses that word? That's such a, I don't know, is it old English? I don't know, vanquished. But Listen, I've got to be honest with you. If you've got a spider like this on the wall, the only thing you want to think about is I want to vanquish that spider from existence in this earth. I want to kill it. I want to squash it. I want that thing disintegrated, eradicated, and vanquished from existence. And can I tell you something? You need the same attitude with regard to the lies in your life. You and I, myself included, man... We don't want to just have a pet spider, a pet lie in our life. We want those things vanquished from existence. Put off the old self. Be made new in the attitude of your mind and put on the new self to be made like God in true righteousness and holiness. And God will vanquish that spider from existence in your life. In fact, the Bible says this. Paul said this in another letter to another set of believers in Corinth. He said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Again, there, uh, we're going to wrap here in just a second, but I, I, I got to bring shed light on this. There's a paradox. There's kind of a, a tension that exists here. There, there, and there will be for a long time in our lives where I feel like the old nature, I want to put the old self off, but it's still there and it's lurking and it's hiding in the basement and the, the creepy staircase and the HVAC and the heater and all that stuff. It's lurking there. And I put on the new self and there's still these two natures that are at war within me. 
And in fact, the Bible says that, I'm not going to take time now, but in Romans 7, Galatians 5, it talks about the battle that wages inside of us. We've got to learn how to feed our, our, our spiritual nature, feed the, the mind of Christ in us, and starve and suffocate the old nature, the old desire, suffocate the spiders, the lies in our life, and we'll eventually live and walk in freedom. But it takes some time. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen instantly when we identify the spider, when we corner that thing, when we, when we capture it. The Bible says take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. It takes time, consistent, prolonged suffocation of the lies with the truth of God's word. And eventually the will of God is for you to vanquish those spiders, to, to destroy the lies, to uproot them, to destroy them, to get them out of your life, and to live the life of Christ that, that, that reflects the true righteousness and holiness of God himself. Here's the bottom line. Here is the bottom line of this third part of this series. Spiders die when we learn to live. Spiders die when we learn to live. Live the life of Christ. Live the fullness, the abundant life of Jesus. Live with the armor of God, as Pastor Christine talked about last week. Live the truth of God's word. When we learn to live for Jesus and let him live in us and let the Spirit of God change us from the inside out and identify and, and destroy and, and corner those lives. When we learn to live is when the spiders die. And too many of us are not learning to live the life of Christ that he has for us. Again, that's why I implore you today, you must tune in next Sunday. You've got to hear the close of this message as Pastor Brian talks about how do we live this life of Christ how do, we, how do we cause the spiders to die by learning to live? The, the, the always, 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 the remedy for death is life. The opposite of death is always life. And spiders will die when we learn to live. And I want to give you an opportunity today. You know, we've talked about a lot here. Uh, and I want to, again, remind you that the spiders in your life, they, they might seem big. They might seem daunting. You know, some of you maybe have even ordered the, the book and have been reading it and it's starting to, to dig up some things in your life. You're trenching out some junk. Um, spiders seem big, but I want to remind you that not only are you nine million times larger than the spiders in your house, but my God, my God is even bigger. And if you are nine million times larger than the household spider, the God of this universe is infinitely larger and bigger and more powerful than the lies that you've been believing. And the truth of his word, the truth that is in Jesus Christ, is far bigger, far more powerful than the lies that you've been believing, than the lies that I've been believing. The truth of God's word, the truth of who Jesus is, is bigger than any lie that's been controlling your behavior and your life. And many of you have already made decisions to follow Jesus, but I want to give you a chance right now. Some of you listening today, maybe again, this is the first one hour of church you've ever done. Somebody invited you, somebody shared a Facebook uh, post from our website, somebody told you to go to GT Live and you're here with us, or maybe you've been in church for a long time. Maybe you've been here uh, for weeks, months, years, or decades, but you've never literally crossed the line of faith. You've never made a decision to embrace Jesus as Lord. And I want to pray with you today. I, you know, you're going to have a chance right now to make that decision. This 
is the most important decision that you could ever make. It's, it's the most important thing that you could ever do is to, to acknowledge that God's son was named Jesus Christ, that he lived 2,000 years ago, that he ultimately gave his life on a cross. He shed his blood as a payment for your sin, as a payment for my sin. And the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And I want to pray with you right now. If, if you've never made that decision, I just want you to repeat these words after me. And God can save your soul right now in the comfort of your living room. Pray with me if you've never done this before. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that I have heard the truth of who Jesus is. And on this day, May 17th, I make a decision to give my life to Jesus Christ. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And on this day, I receive the forgiveness of my sins and salvation in my soul. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus, who is the truth, to give me life and life eternal. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, friend, you just made the greatest decision of your life. Like, I want to come through that lens right now. You've made the most important decision of your entire life. And if you would do us a favor, would you let us know that you made that decision? Again, some of you maybe prayed a prayer of rededication today and you, you said, you know what? God is really doing a work in my life and I just need to, to make a decision right now that I rededicate my life to the life of God that he wants for me. But we would like you, if you made that decision for the very first time, whether you're on, on GT Live, on Facebook, however it is that you're accessing this message, would you find the link, if it's below, if it's in the chat, whatever, find the link that says, I made that decision for the first time and let us know. Would you let us know that? We would love the opportunity to follow up with you, to help you on this journey as you begin to live the life of Christ that he wants for you and to, to be made new in the end of your mind. There's so much that we want to help with you in that journey. We, we want to send you a book called First Steps. We want to help you. So please uh, click that link and let us know. Go all the way to the bottom of that next page. Let us know that you made that decision and we'd love to follow up with you today. Uh, I'm going to close today with a, a final verse. Again, I hope that this message has been uh, helpful to you. <coughs> hope it's been inspiring to you. Hope that has produced change in your life. This is the verse that I'm going to pray us out. Galatians 5.1. This is the ultimate picture of what I believe God wants for your life. Paul wrote this. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then. Again, prolonged, extended suffocation of the lies in your life. He said, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Friend, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Let me pray. Father, today, I pray in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus that you would produce the change that every single person listening on this broadcast today, that God, they would find you, that they would discover who Jesus is and how the Holy Spirit can bring about the change that we desperately need in our lives. God, I pray that the power of God would fall in their living room. I pray that the power and the favor and the grace and the mercy 
and the goodness of God, the Father in heaven, that it would be poured out abundantly in our lives, that the abundance of Jesus would fill every one of us in all of our lives, and that you would, God, help us to overcome the lies of the enemy. God, help us to overcome the lies deep within the basement of our soul. And God, help every one of us to walk in freedom every single day of our lives. God, that is the will of God and the desire that you have for us. So God, bless every listener today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, God bless you, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do not miss next Sunday. We'll see you then. Have an awesome week in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. If you're feeling motivated and encouraged to kill the spiders in your life, a great place to start is by getting a copy of the book at killthespider.com. And don't forget to mark your calendars for our live Q&A on Wednesday, May 27th at 7 o'clock. If you're like me and you have some questions about what it really means to identify, corner, and kill the spiders in your life, you can submit your questions on our website and our social media pages, and we're going to answer them live with our pastors and a special guest. You don't want to miss it. Our mission at GT Church is to reach people and grow together in Christ. So if you enjoyed today's message, we would be honored if you joined us in that mission and share it with your friends and your family. A replay of the message can be found on our website, our app, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and you can listen to it on our podcast. Like Pastor Brian mentioned before, today we have GT in 60 coming up right after this. So whether you're new here and this is your first time joining us, or if you've been around for a while and want to get connected, go grab a cup of coffee or tea and meet us back here in five minutes for a conversation with our pastors and leadership team. We'll see you there.